Happy Sunday, friends, and welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode is going to be one you do not want to miss. I have a sweet and dear friend, Alana, on to talk about her op-ed to a pro-choice valid Victorian speech that was written by Paxton Smith. That name might be familiar to you. She went national news with her valid Victorian speech about the pro-choice cause and why abortion is a woman's right. But as we know, and as we push on this podcast, we know that life starts at conception. And from there, there are multiple reasons why life should be preserved. One of my favorite quotes going into this episode was one by E.M. Forrester. And it says, what is wonderful about great literature is that it transforms the man who reads it towards the condition of the man who wrote and brings to birth in us also the creative impulse. Something that was so inspiring about Alona is that she pushed through, wrote something that was uncomfortable in society and culture, and now she gets to share it with us. Hopefully this pushes you, if you're a writer or even a speaker, to go outside the bounds of culture and talk about something that might be uncomfortable, but may raise some red flags in people's minds. friends today we have a really great guest on i actually had the opportunity of meeting alona on um or at ywls and it was such a great opportunity to just hear her story what she was about and i actually i had heard about um someone writing an op-ed to a valid Victorian speech earlier on in the year and I was just really curious of like who wrote that and then finally I got to meet her and we just kind of dove into like why she wrote it and um, just the backstory of it and so now I have the opportunity and I'm so honored to have you on to tell us just everything that you've been doing um, just kind of the the whys behind you writing this and do you want to introduce yourself to us really quickly? Well, thank you so much, Anna, for having me on. Like, this is such an honor, and I'm so grateful to be on your podcast. So, so thank you. Um, basically, so my name is Deolona. I used to go to Lake Highlands. I um, actually only did Lake Highlands high school for semester, but I did like all of elementary, all of junior high, and so like Lake Highlands really felt like my home school. Mm-hmm. So um, now I go to Texas A&M. Um, I'm starting my second semester of my freshman year. I started in spring because I took a gap year as I go in spring. And um, yeah, I've been really passionate about the pro-life cause ever since I was little. I remember I first learned about abortion when I was seven, as we were like at a, like a home church kind of deal, and I had no idea like that abortion even existed mm-hmm. and I just remember how sick the word even made me like feel like I couldn't even like think the words of it like vomit like I it, I was so grossed out and then I found out how actually pre- prevalent it is in our country mm-hmm. and then in 2020 I actually just became really involved I started 
listening to podcasts and then I found out about live action and exchange for life and tumbling stations and then I kind of became inspired to like write this book which is like divinely inspired not me I was literally all gone but yeah and now I'm here yeah and we are so excited that you're here and um just using the power of writing I um have always told people like when I have had someone on who is talking about history, I'm like, who is going to be writing our next history books? We need to have somebody. And I know Prager U is working on that, but writing is such a vital um, core to our society of how people learn and how people um, progress. So I think it's so incredible how God's using you through um, writing and through the skill of writing. So I think the first kind of lead into our conversation today is what propelled you to write a response to Paxton Smith's Valid Victorian speech? Yeah, well, so like I said, um, I used to go to like Highlands and I was actually, I had just graduated from high school um, in December of 2020. And so like from December to June, I was kind of just working, working on my book, which is on like abortion and I'm just doing a lot of research mm-hmm. so I had like I guess everything about like the pro-life just like fresh on my mind mm-hmm. and then so when I came home one day like from work I saw this news like news alert of this valedictorian from Texas who had done a speech um shaming the new Texas six-week heartbeat ban and then when I saw it was from like Highlands my school like literally right in my neighborhood like right next to me like my school Mm -hmm. i was like oh no i got so angry i like i think that's like my first response it was just anger not like me i'm just like like a righteous yeah i guess Uh uh-huh yeah i was it just made me so mad because like all my friends were at lake highlands i mean like that graduation that graduation auditorium was full of families and little kids Mm. and it was like no this is this is my home and I don't I didn't want to like I guess just let it slide yeah so it kind of what kind of just started first was just like an immediate story response which is kind of not so smart but like it was just something to post to Instagram and so I kind of took out my phone started writing a note just like my thoughts and just came out like a current and then um after like I wrote like about a paragraph I kind of read it over and then it just kind of turned into a whole paper. I don't know, the more like I tweaked it and it was just so, it was strange. I couldn't like, words not stop coming. So that's kind of what propelled me, just my immediate reaction mm-hmm. and then tweaking it Yeah. over the course of the day. And her valid Victorian speech was kind of big, which most like speeches when you graduate high school are. And I was reading through it and it had mm-hmm. a lot of just, points that were easy to refute i think that um it like you said it was an auditorium full of families children um along that basis and so i think that your righteous anger towards it was something that i honestly would have reacted as well too because it's close to home first of all i think that it's interesting when people are like oh it's not going to come here i remember after ywls last year one of my friends who was rooming with us said, I have to go home to Waco 
which is really close to the DFW area, and she said they were having protests over CRT and their school district. And I just remember thinking that's so close to home. You know, even in the state of Texas, mm-hmm. where everyone thinks that it's the biggest conservative state, well, actually, we're, we still have stuff seeping into our education system. And so you just have to be aware, no matter where you live in the United States, that this is going to happen. And with Paxton Smith's example, she went viral. Like you said, her um, thing was all over Fox News, Newsmax, CNN, all of these different places. She went viral with it. And it just kind of... still did. Yes, she. She's a, sorry to interrupt. No, she's a, become a very prevalent voice and for pro-abortion advocacy. Mm-hmm. She had a book actually come out in January of this year, and it literally says like "War on my body or war on my rights." Mm. And it just—it's crazy how how loud her voice is. Mm. Okay, Alona, it, it's now your time to write a book, op-edding that book. I know, right? <laughs> I saw that book, I'm like, I need to get my book yes. out. Yes. <laughs> but I, I think it's just interesting that um, you would never really think that homegrown um, pro-abortion activism would come from our area, you know? And so just kind of if a parent is listening to this podcast episode, just kind of check in on your kids. I think high school is... A place where kids are uneasy about who they are they don't really have a stance convictions are kind of hard and especially when they're at the point where they're graduating and going into those college years it's so vital because as soon as they leave your home there's no telling what they're going to encounter and at that point it's kind of mm-hmm. it's up to them to decide whether they have convictions based off the beliefs they have or not okay so you had some questions in your paper that really just summed up what and even how progressive people have become against the most vulnerable in our society so Mm -hmm. the questions you asked were have we really allowed ourselves to become so blind how can we tolerate the obliteration of the most vulnerable and how can we encourage the manipulation of the female mind? Those were your questions. Can you kind of just explain how that ties into our society today? Really, like, what is happening? And I, I really love the last question you asked. Um, how can we encourage the manipulation of the female mind when we are so for feminism, you know? So just kind of tell us a little bit about that. When I wrote those questions, I was like, I was really, I guess it was from like a area of like just heartbrokenness, but also just, I was kind of like thinking about me as a woman mm-hmm. and just, again, I know I use this term of like just anger and frustration mm-hmm. of like the lies that have been propagated through media, through social media, through shows, music, everything, how um, women like need to have abortion to be equal to men. That's something that you see a lot. Mm-hmm. That, especially now that Ruby has been overturned, even though this it hadn't been a year ago, but um, saying that how if the right to abortion is stripped, stripped away, then like we're no longer equal to men. Mm-hmm. And that makes me so angry because like one day I'm gonna be a mother. So for people to think that I have to like kill my own child to be seen as an equal to the father Mm -hmm. of my child is really offensive and it really breaks my heart that young girls truly believe this i mean 
some of my sister's friends, she's 14, like follow me on social media. And like, I saw like their reactions and their posts to the Roe reversal and also with the Texas heartbeat bill. And these girls are like 12, 13, 14 years old posting about how abortion is a woman's right and how like, my body, my choice, and I need, I need abortion to, to be successful. And that's heartbreaking because they don't understand what's happening. Right. They don't understand that not only are you killing a baby, but like the emotional and psychological pain that you're bringing upon yourself, trauma is just, I guess just it's heartbreak and frustration, I guess. Mm -hmm. That's, that's what I was asking. I'm like, how have we allowed this to happen? So, yeah. And I think from a biblical standpoint, I love that you brought up that a lot of times in our society, people say on social media, well, if you don't have an abortion, you're not as equal to men. But from a biblical standpoint, I have to say that God made us equal, but our roles are different. And so I think mm -hmm. that when we know what God says about us, that women are nurturers and they're ability to have a baby is so unique to women that we have to keep that sacred and then for men that they have more testosterone like women don't have testosterone um that's so unique how god has made us that sometimes we can just really easily tear down those lies in our culture when that happens when we know hey yeah just because they say that it's not true you know and so I really love those questions. I really love your responses to Paxton Smith. Um, to kind of lead back into what is the misconception or how would you respond to the misconception that, quote unquote, women cannot do both, both motherhood and maintain a healthy life? Well, I just will start with I think that's kind of sexist. I mean, I just like bringing like fathers, you know, fathers are fathers to their children, are there for their children while also working. I mean, like my own dad, for example, mm -hmm. he runs, he owns and runs a rainbow company. And yeah, he is so present in my life and in my sister's life. And like, we like, I mean, like he raised us with my mom. So yeah. to say that like women cannot like, have a career and do what they really love and not raise children is demeaning to our abilities, our capabilities, especially like in an era, in an era of feminism. To say that we cannot do both is the opposite of feminism. And it's also a lie. I mean, four main, four people who are like really in the spotlight of the pro-life movement, Lila Rose, Abby Johnson, Kristen Hawkins and Ali Bestucky, all mothers, all young, all strong women who run their own organizations, do a lot of work, and yet they are there for their families. I mean, they birth, they carried and birthed their children and like active mothers. So to say that we cannot do both, it's really it's it's degrading. It it's is degrading. Offensive. Yeah. And it's just not true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love how you brought up those um, 
big names in the conservative movement. I think even Candace Owen, she um, is having, uh, she's going to have two kiddos, and she's just done a lot of work, and all those women have done a lot of work, especially for the protection of life. And even if we're going to talk about not even in the conservative movement, I remember this past year with the Olympics, a lot of athletes were pregnant Mm -hmm. and they were like, hey, I'm here, I'm pregnant and I'm still doing my sport that I love and I can do both, you know, and it's just a great reminder that we are capable of doing a lot of things, hard things, and um, I think it's such a good, valid response. And it's not just like, it's not just like, I mean, God says that woman can do both. I mean, in Proverbs, is it right if I read from Proverbs 31? Yeah, go ahead. She's a woman who has her own family, but it shows how hardworking she is. She sluts wool and flax and works with eager hands. She is like merchant ships, bring, mer- merchant ships, bringing her food from afar. She gets up while it's still night. She provides food for her family and portions for her female servants. She considers a field and buys it. <clears throat> Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. So, like, God created women to be able to do both. Mm-hmm. And so, like, and that's really all that matters. Like, if God says it, you know, it's true. Like, our identity comes from him. So, yeah. I love with the Proverbs 31 woman that she, quote, has eager hands I love that that she's ready to work um, and she's ready to do the will of God and so I think that that's so applicable in today's time where women are doing a lot and men as well Mm -hmm. and I think that we are evolving a little bit in the way that we see the family home but I think we just really need to stick to even though people are saying it's the nuclear family and trying to destroy it it's so valuable that the mother is in the home as much as possible because she is a nurturer. And the same thing with the father. We know that a lot of abortion happens because fatherlessness in the United States. And so I think both um, have a vital role in having a child and having a productive family. And so how has the media and Planned Parenthood, we we love bringing up Planned Parenthood, um, manipulated the female mind. I know we talked about this earlier, but do you want to just add a little bit more to that? For me, honestly, I think it has a lot to do with social media, mm-hmm. easy slogans, and buzzwords. I think, like, when we think of, I guess, abortions a lot, my body, my choice, and it's just repeating the same thing over and over and over again until you believe it. I mean, um, there's a quote by, I forgot his name, but he is, his name is Joseph Goebbels, and he's a Nazi propagandist, and he says, like, if you repeat a big enough lie long enough, people will believe it. And so that's just, like, the main thing that the media has, like, done, or at least specifically Planned Parenthood, there's a lot of money pouring into Planned Parenthood. Mm -hmm. It's just repeating the same lie over and over and over again, which is, yeah, that that your body is just your body and that there's, you can do whatever you want with your body, even though it took two bodies to create new life. It's like the father's voice is irrelevant 
your parents' voice is irrelevant. It's mm. all about you. And um, people believed it. Also, just with the new coverage that's coming out now, how um, miscarriages and abortion pregnancies are abortions and how if abortions are uh, banned in all these states, women are going to die by the millions because they're not getting proper miscarriage treatment. And so it's just those lies that are women are believing that abortion are necessary have manipulated our minds, I guess. And just to clarify, ectopic pregnancies um, and miscarriages are not abortions. I think that is the biggest um, lie to tear down right now is that is not an abortion and anybody who has gone through that, we are praying for you because it is just a hard like having a miscarriage is like my mom um she had to deal with that and just go through that and it's something so hard like losing your baby so our heart goes out to you but those are not abortions and um i think that when i was doing research for a research paper back on planned parenthood i remember going to the Planned Parenthood website and they said nothing about an ultrasound, they said nothing about um, giving mothers options and also today from the Susan B. Anthony list it says that 95% of Planned Parenthood services is an abortion and that like they say oh Planned Parenthood gives out health care and it's for health care well 95% of their resources going towards abortion, I don't think that's the majority of helping women have a healthy pregnancy. I don't think so. Um, and healthcare, like when we had Chris, Christy Allen on, who's an OB nurse, she said that um, it it's a detriment to the healthcare society and the um, way that we're doing this, where this is not healthcare. This is not providing healthcare to women. And it is a complete lie to them when they walk into those doors and have an appointment and try to get answers and get help. And they're just met with, hey, if you pay this much, you can either get the abortion pill, we can set up an abortion procedure. We won't give you an ultrasound, but that's okay because we're just going to take your money, you know? And it also is a scary statistic that they're making millions off billions of dollars off of these procedures so why would they want to give it up you know and so um if the right to life is taken away then no other right has weight right so how does the reversal of roe v wade really just solidify that because we are maintaining the right to life like um, the right to life happy in the pursuit of happiness how does that lead into all of our other rights being upheld yeah so one example I like to use a lot is kind of like example like a house how um, like life is the foundation mm -hmm. on where everything is built upon you cannot install house like doors and windows and walls to house before you have a foundation because then it's just going to fall apart mm -hmm. and the same way it's like from life everything stems from or it's like you're putting the cart before the horse like you cannot have 
free speech, guns, even abortion access, if you do not have life to begin with. Mm. And so like everything else is really just a privilege. If our very first building block to all, to everything else is not guaranteed. And I love that you use that analogy. It's really just vital to know that if we weren't alive and no one was living, we wouldn't be able to express our freedom of speech. We wouldn't be able to petition or um, the freedom of press or religion. We wouldn't be able to serve the God that we do. Um, We wouldn't Mm -hmm. be able to vote. Voting um, is so special because the United States is particularly that um, freedom is assigned to us but I think that I love that analogy that you use because it just it's the stepping stone essentially and also as we're talking about you know the vulnerable in our society we just really need to uphold that standard of valuing life instead of devaluing it because when does that change when they start making rules or laws where it's like hey if we're not going to stop at birth then what like has us not doing it after birth or um euthanasia you know that's been a big topic in our society lately and in the news um but also it, it just like we want to make sure that when we are advocating for the pro-life movement that we're doing it the right way you know um through truth and through Mm -hmm. love so paxton smith was the valedictorian who wrote the speech that we're talking about and i will have it all linked in the show notes of this episode so you can go there you can read ilana's response kind of just read what paxton smith was thinking when she wrote it um and some of her arguments which is something that you might hear from a pro-choice side if you encounter that um but the first thing that paxton smith said was i hope you can feel how gut-wrenching it is i hope you can feel how dehumanizing it is to have the autonomy over your own body taken away from you that was one of her direct words um and phrases so when you're reading this alana and really just uh she used autonomy um i think that's something that pro-choicers use a lot um, but just, and, and I love your statement afterwards, just kind of walk us through if someone was to encounter an argument like this, how would they, or how should they respond? Well, I mean, I would say I completely agree with you because it's true. I mean, there's nothing more dehumanizing to have your bodily autonomy taken away from you because, like, you're your own human being. You're your own person. And then I would kind of, like, flip the tables on them and be like, aren't you taking away the bodily autonomy of the human life growing inside of you? What about them? What about their autonomy? Like, what about their voice, their choice? And so that's why I wrote, like, I completely agree with Paxton with her words however i don't agree with her framing and how she kind of like switches it and completely ignores the humanity of that human life right and um i love that you said like on but 
and closer examination when discovering that this statement is arguing in the favor of the worst crimes and atrocities being committed upon mothers and their children, you are appalled. And so I think that it it's it's a part of just educating people. I think the greatest way mm-hmm. to do that is sending videos and allowing people to see exactly what abortion is. I'll go back to this. I know I um, said this in the last episode, but when Roe v. Wade was overturned, so many pro-life activists were at the Supreme Court and were outside asking these um, people who had signs for abortion, saying, like, do you actually know what abortion is? And then even saying, like, this is what is happening in abortion, like a baby is being ripped apart um, limb by limb. Do you know what that is? And some of them couldn't even respond. They were like, that's that's not abortion. That's a, That was a lot of their responses. Like, that's not abortion. I think the saddest and most devastating part of living and having these conversations is you can't really start anywhere because they have no idea actually what abortion is. They have picked up, like you said, um, those catchphrases and those keywords to really throw back at it because that's what the majority is saying. But at the same time, they're not educating themselves. They're not diving deep into what is happening because eventually when you start doing that, you might actually find that life starts at conception, that there's a heartbeat at five to six weeks and maybe even before that, that life from the point of birth um, or from conception is continually growing and developing and it's something so beautiful. Um, So I think that that's something that they don't want to do because it might actually, you know, um, fire back and really Mm -hmm. show them that science and biology proves them wrong. I totally agree with you. Education and like showing people those videos is so important. I mean, like I, like two, three years ago, I was like one of those people who did not know what abortion, what abortion actually did. I mean, I knew it was wrong. I knew that it killed a baby, but I didn't really know like how that happened. Right. And um, when I saw like one of live action videos for the first time, like it made me, it made me so sick. Mm-hmm. I was like so grossed out. And I think another very powerful thing is to, like show people videos of like the baby actually in the womb, like not of actual abortion videos, but like an actual developing human. Like that also completely changed my perspective. I know like endowment of human development. Like they have, uh, they have this like documentary of like this like of a real like human mm-hmm. developing all the way from like embryo to term, and that completely changed my perspective. Like completely, I was like looking at this video of this like six week old baby, and I kept on looking. I'm like, oh my gosh! I'm like, I know it's a human, but like, that's a human. Like, yeah. I was, and this was just last year, like, I showed it to everyone, I was like, look at that, that's a human being, that's a human being, and it's so, like, that was also, like, right before, also, that speech, her, her speech, mm-hmm. and, um, right before the Texas six-week heartbeat bill, and that's another, re- like, that was another motivator for writing this response, because six weeks, I mean, six weeks, from conception, not gestation. Six weeks, like gestation, it's still, I mean, 
doesn't look like a human. I'll be totally honest. But like six weeks from conception, like it's crazy. I was blown away. Yeah. Sorry. No, you're good. I love that um, we're just kind of like showing and like, I know that the video has a lot of just the developments of life, but just telling people about it is so um, vital to do. And so just kind of to wrap up, do you have any calls to action for anybody listening? I know your passion is writing. So if we have any writers um, listening, do you have any just like what to do, you know, like how to get involved? What is your steps to start writing when you do? Yeah, definitely. So what I did, um, well, I guess just like start off is just pray, like pray to God, like, Lord, like, what do you want to show me? What do you want to tell me? Like, how, like, what can I do? Like, send me the right people to get involved or send me people to like, I can help. Um, so like prayer is a huge thing or like praying with like groups of people. I know God says like where two or three gather, like I am there um for like in specific to writing i did a lot of like research beforehand Mm -hmm. um i did like a lot of like baby development research abortion procedures i listened to a lot of podcasts like one of my favorite podcasters was um seth gruber like he definitely opened my eyes to a lot of corruption Mm -hmm. and big abortion um I read a lot of books. I think one of my favorite books that I read was by Danielle D'Souza, which was The Choice. Mm-hmm. That also made me cry. I was like crying through the whole book. It was, was so good. Yeah, so doing the research beforehand, um, like little things that like you could do like right away, even if like you don't like to write. I mean, you could donate to pro like, life organizations. Mm-hmm. I like one of my favorite groups is Let Them Live. I love Let Them Live. I love what they stand for. I love how like, they do direct fundraisers mm-hmm. for moms. Um, you could set up a diaper drive. I've been wanting to do this. Like, I want to do this like, this semester at my school. Like, I want to set up a diaper drive because, well, I mean, yeah. we had a diaper crisis a couple months ago. I know, and, um, and now it's baby formula. <laughs> yeah. So, um, some other things. Like, bigger things is, like, looking into adoption. I know my family, that's something that my family is considering. That's something that I want to do. Not by myself. I plan to get married first because I think that children should be raised in a two-parent home. And I have something that I also would love to do and, like, once I have some more money is kind of open up, like, a woman's home. Uh And we just saw a little Yeah. Uh, as someone who is adopted, I think that um, it's just so vital to look into adoption and how it impacts lives, and I think that's so vital. Okay, Alana, where can people find you on Instagram to keep up with you? And then also, um, I will have the link for um, the one that you sent me for the op-ed that they can read, so I, I have that covered. Um, but where can they find you to listen and tune into your content yeah you can find me at Ilona Bistrian on Instagram just I-L-O-N-A-B-I-S-T-R-I-A-N that's it yeah simple and easy my full name yeah <laughs> nice and um I will have all that link linked and I am so glad that you came on thank you so much for sharing with us 
Um, I know that. Uh, yeah, of course. And um, I know people who are more on the writer side than the talking side are going to be so inspired because I know um, writing has such a valuable part in a role to play in it to everything. So thank you so much. And it was a pleasure having you.